0: Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Bab III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast of The Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the Word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Hallelujah. Let us go stand to our feet to go quickly into the word of the Lord. I want us to look at John chapter 17, reading verses 14 through 17, coming from the New King James version of the Bible. If you don't have your Bibles, it's on your screen. The Bible reads as thus, I have given them your word. Somebody say he's talking about me. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world this is Jesus speaking and I do not pray that you should take them out of the world but that you should keep them from the evil one they are not of the world just as I'm, I am not of the world And watch here's the key thing that I believe Jesus tells us in his text he prays to his father sanctify them by your truth somebody say sanctify me The Bible says your word is truth. Jesus prayed to his disciples and over his disciples, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to continue in this sermon series. I started a sermon series called Sanctify Yourselves. And I started on last week and I said that sanctification is the will of God. Somebody say it's the will of God for my life. But here's the critical thing I need y'all to understand about sanctification. Not only is it the will of God for our life, but it's the work of God in your life. In other words, it's a work that you cannot do on your own. Tell your neighbor you can't do it by yourself. And here's what happens with a lot of believers. We get frustrated in our attempts to kill our flesh because we attempt to kill our flesh by the flesh. The the reason why many of us go through cyclical things in our life, we deal with cyclical issues. We deal with cyclical sins because we try to kill our flesh. Somebody say by the flesh. And any time you try to do something in the flesh, you're going to always get frustrated. Somebody say I'm going to get frustrated. In other words, we've resolved personal sanctification to discipline rather than a divine work. You cannot be sanctified by discipline. Tell your neighbor, you can't do it that way. It requires a divine intervention. And somebody might be saying, how do you know, Pastor Keith, that sound good, but I know I got to put in some work. Yeah, you got to put in some work, but it has to be work in the spirit. Somebody say in the spirit. I need us to see what Galatians three and three declares. The Bible says, Paul said to these Galatians, he said, how foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? You will never be sanctified in your own efforts. Tell you neighbor, you can't do it. Paul was saying that sanctification is a spiritual work and you would be a fool that think you can kill your flesh by your flesh. Uh, It it ain't going to happen. And the sad reality is many believers are trying to sanctify themselves by human efforts in the flesh, in the flesh. And they get frustrated when they fail to be sanctified. And watch this, because sanctification is a spiritual work. But hear this. I need us to understand something even greater. Sanctification is a work of the spirit. It's not just a spiritual work, but it's a work that God's spirit does. Consider what Paul declared in a lot of portion of Romans four and six. The Bible says the blessedness of a man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. I know you thought you could do it by yourself, but watch this. This word imputes in Romans 4, 6 is the Greek word. Watch this, um, logazimai, and one definition of this word is to conclude. In other words, this means, watch this, sanctification in the life of a believer is a work that God performs and a work that God perfects. Somebody say it's up to God. I know you wanted to put that down, but somebody say it's up to God. I know you didn't want to lust anymore, but somebody say it's up to God. I know you thought that addiction was going to be you going to do a 10-step process, but somebody say it's up to God. This is why folks will relapse because they tried to do it in their human effort and it was not a spiritual work. Somebody say it needs to be a work of the spirit. And I'm not denying that we don't put any level of effort in it, but it cannot be up to me. And a lot of folk in church, we hear sermons and we get frustrated because we said, Pastor Keith, I tried, but I can't get myself out of this sin. Someone say it wasn't up to you. Yeah, it was a work of the Spirit. So so, so the critical question we got to ask ourselves is, how do we allow the Lord to both perform and perfect sanctification in our lives. Because many of us think we're allowing God to do a work, but we've got to give him, some would say access. Because sanctification is why it's not just the will of God for every believer, but it's the work of God in the life of every believer. And I believe our foundational text reveals how we can allow the Lord to do the work of sanctification in our lives. But I need us to see something. In our text, we find Jesus praying for his disciples but I need us to also understand that we find Jesus praying for his disciples before his spirit was poured out on him on them that that's critical to understand somebody might be saying Pastor Keith why does that even make any sense to what you're talking about this morning notice this if 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 sanctification is a work of the spirit why would God now Jesus now pray this prayer over the disciples Notice what happens prior to this prayer by Jesus. The disciples were given power. Somebody say power. They, they, they were given power. We find that in Matthew 10 and 1. If you're taking notes, you can write that down because I don't want y'all to think Pastor Keith just bringing stuff up. Not, not only did they were they given power, but these disciples performed miracles. We find that in Luke ten seventeen. And not only that. These disciples, Jesus told them to go out two by two, proclaiming the message of God's kingdom. We find that in Luke 9, too. So they did all of this. Watch this. Before this prayer, they were given power. They performed miracles and they proclaimed God's message. Somebody might be saying, why is that significant? to know?" Because when God gives you power and you're able to operate in power, there can be room for pride to slip in. I need y'all to catch what I'm saying. Many, and watch this before the foundations of the world, I was anointed with a gift. Somebody say that's all of us. So, so, so he, if, if, if I can operate in a level of power and God's grace, sometimes pride knows how to slip in. Cause how many of y'all know, folk know how to operate in their gifts void of the spirit? And when I can see stuff happening, I can see myself operating in gifts and the power of of God's gift. I can sometimes leave the spirit out of my work. So so God says, I got to get these disciples together because they think because they got a level of power because they perform miracles, because they proclaim the message of my kingdom that they don't need the spirit to sanctify them. This is why it's so scary. It it can be a dangerous thing for a pastor to have a gift to preach because sometimes they leave the spirit in the chair when they get on the pulpit. Uh, Somebody say, I need his spirit. Uh, So so you begin to believe, watch this, it's because of your works and not the works of God that he does in and through you. Somebody say, I need his power. Even more, you can begin to believe that you can do the works of God void of God. Did y'all hear what I just said? Many times you can believe that you can do the works of God void of God. But but some might say it's not effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You may have a form of godliness, but it's not effective. Some might say the devil is a lie. And notice this. This is why Philippians 2.13 says this. For it is God who works in you. Some might say it's God to both will and to do for his good pleasure. So you can be up there operating in the gifts, but you can still be outside his will and his good pleasure unless God works in you. Some say God got to work in me. I need you all to catch this because none of this is going to make sense. So that means, watch this, you can be in prayer and watch this, God not be working in you. You can be fasting and God not working in you. Some say all that I do, I need God to work in me. Because if he does not work in me, some say it's not effective. Yeah, it's not effective. It's not effective. And as it was with these Lord's disciples, so what we must be reminded that why no work to include the work of sanctification is because of us. But it is the work and work of God. Some say, oh, I need God to do a work in, in us. So hear this. My prayer this morning is that we glean wisdom from our foundational text so that we learn God, how do I yield myself so that you can do the work of sanctification? Somebody say in me. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want to speak on this morning. That is the work of God. So let's look at the text and I'm going to be out your way. Watch what verse number 14 says. This is Jesus. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. It, it was the Lord's work on the cross that made the work of sanctification available to us. Some would say it was it was in the cross. Yeah, 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 it was in the cross because there would be no sanctification without his sacrifice. I cannot be sanctified if Christ was not sacrificed. Some might say, thank God for a sacrifice. Cause watch what 2 Corinthians 5.21 declares. For he who made watch this he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. It's important to note here this, that his sacrifice on the cross was a prerequisite so that we might be purified. Somebody say it's just a prerequisite. It, it, not not that he did the sacrifice I made clean it's a prerequisite for me to be made clean I need y'all to understand this somebody might be saying how do I know the text says that we might become might become so that means that Christ can die on the cross and his sacrifice can be in vain someone say it was just made available to me by sa- by his sacrifice Yeah, 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 it was just made available to me. Uh, So watch this. In other words, what Christ did on the cross did not complete a work in us, but it was a condition that needed to be met for a complete work of sanctification to be done in us. I need y'all to stay with me because I don't want to go too fast. It's not that his work on the cross Completed a work in us, it was a condition that needed to be made so that the complete work of sanctification could be done in us. Everybody staying with me? It, it, it was a prerequisite. Uh, so somebody might be saying, what do I mean? God's sacrifices sanctifies those who believe. Some say, I gotta believe. Watch what Romans 10:10 10, 10 says. For with one heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So sanctification is made available to those who believe. So so the critical question is, do you believe? Ask your neighbor, do you believe? And then uh, here's here's the second question of that. What do you believe? In other words, it's one thing to believe, but what now do I need to believe? Someone say, what do I need to believe? Do you believe and why, since you got many believers that don't believe this. Do you believe the Lord's work on the cross? In other words, are you saved? Some say, are you saved? You ain't going to be sanctified unless you save. I know you're going to rehab. I know you got this, um, the, you got a life coach. Some say that, that, that life coach ain't going to sanctify you. In other words, do you believe that he died for your sins? That's, I know that might seem basic, but some say it's the first start. Do you believe that the Lord's work on the cross was enough to make you clean? And many of us don't believe that, was it sufficient? We look back at our history and we say, God can't clean me up. We look back at our current condition and we say, God can't clean me up. But some might say it was sufficient. And watch this, do you believe that you're eligible for the Lord's work on the cross? Some of us believe that our sins make us exempt from being sanctified. I can't touch God's work because you don't know where I've been. You, you, you don't know who my family is. You don't know my bloodline. You don't know what I've done, Pastor Keith. I could never do God's work, but somebody say you are not exempt. And here's what I'm trying to say. We've got to embrace his testimony. In other words, whatever God has said about me, somebody say it's real. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got to believe that all of what he's done applies to me. Somebody say it got to apply to me. And this is why the enemy wants you to be double minded. Because in that man, don't don't expect to receive anything from God. And that includes sanctification. And we don't believe. Somebody ask your neighbor, do you believe? Yeah. Do you believe? Do you believe? Because though God's work of sanctification begins at the place when one believes. Consider what the latter portion of our foundational text declares. It says they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. In other words, what Jesus was saying is that he and his disciples were void of darkness. Some say I'm void of darkness. In, in other words, he was saying that I'm a divine um, creation. Somebody say I'm a divine creation. And the other thing he's saying that I've defeated sin. Somebody say I've defeated sin. Many of us walk around like sin has defeated us, but somebody say, I've de- I defeated sin. So, D- Jesus was trying to tell his disciples, don't operate like you still live in darkness. Operate like you're a divine creation and operate like you've defeated sin. I'm not going to walk around like sin is going to defeat me. Somebody say he's already defeated it. Uh, the way that I, that, I, that I walk into this level of sanctification, sanctification and allow God to do a work of sanctification in me. Some might say you got to believe. And this is why God does the work of sanctification in the lives of those who embrace his testimony. Do you believe what the Lord's work on the cross has done for you? That's the first step to sanctification, to allowing God to do a work in us that we've got to believe what his word says, Some say, believe what his word says. I know that sounds so basic, y'all, but some of us don't believe. Watch this: Herein lies one of the devices of the enemy that negates God's work of sanctification in our lives. He wants you to believe that the work of your flesh makes you exempt from being forgiven. Some say the devil is a lie. He wants you to believe that your sin denies you from being sanctified. Some say the devil is a lie. And he wants you to believe that your carnality keeps you condemned. One of the hardest and most difficult believers to work with is a believer that believes they're condemned by God. Somebody say, do you believe? As some of us, we walk in feeling like God can't do nothing with us because we do not embrace. Some might say his testimony. And as long as you're in Christ, you're not condemned. You can be made clean. I've got to know that I can be made clean no matter what I've been through. Somebody say no matter what I've been through. Folk know how to throw you away, but God knows how to forgive you. Somebody say he can make you clean. Watch what the beginning portion of Romans 8.1 reminds us with. Therefore, there is no condemnation. Somebody say, oh, here's the good word. Somebody say now. That that means no matter what I've done, somebody say now. No matter what I might do in the the future, somebody say Now. There is now no condemnation for those which are in Christ Jesus. Some say, do you believe that? Yeah, this means, watch this, no matter whatever in our flesh attempts to rise up, his work on the cross has made us righteous. We can't allow his testimony or the enemy, watch this, to have victory over his testimony because I don't want his testimony, Someone say, to be in vain. Yeah, we must believe that where sins abound, grace abounds even the more. We must believe that because of his shed blood, we can have the remission of our sins. And we must believe that he is faithful and just. Watch this to forgive us. Some might say all of all of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If I never get to that place where I believe that God can never do a work of sanctification in my life. Because God can do a work. And because of some, I say my unbelief. Jesus said, I could not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. So what man thinks, oh, no, I know, Pastor Keith, I know his past. I know there's no way that God can use him. And that way, if I begin to receive that narrative, I operate, some I say, in unbelief. And God said, all you got to do is believe the testimony that I've already established in the earth, that I've, what the work on the cross, Somebody say has made me clean. Ask your neighbor, do you believe? I, I, I hope somebody caught that this morning because that's, that, that's the foundational piece to it. If we don't believe that his work on the cross was sufficient, if you, cause watch this, and I'll say this and I'll say this, um, until I stop preaching, watch this, as long as you're wrapped in flesh, you're subject to fall. Did y'all hear what I just said? As long as you're wrapped in flesh, you're subject to fall. I don't care who you are. I don't care who laid hands on you. I don't care what title you got. As long as I'm wrapped in this flesh, I'm subject to fall. But someone say, you really got to get back up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what the enemy wants you to believe is that you can't be forgiven because you fail. Someone say, the devil is alive. I, I, yeah, yeah, I know you know my past. I know you know what I did. I know you done read it on social media, but his testimony has made me clean. Oh, that's good news to me. I don't know about nobody else. And somebody say, you got to believe that for yourself. Dana was saying, can't nobody else worship you for me? In other words, nobody can't do nothing for you what you need God to do for your own self. Somebody say, I've got to believe it for myself. So, so so, the first thing is we've got to embrace his testimony. Some might say his work on the cross was sufficient. And some might say it was sufficient for me. Now watch what verse number 15 said. He says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. Uh, this for all my complaining folks, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Although we may not like this and we may not believe it, God uses the trials of life to transform us. That, I, you know, I'm still, I'm, I, I've been negotiating with God on that. He uses the trials of life to transform us. And watch this. This is why we're admonished with these words in James 1, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy. Somebody say, pray for, pray for all of us. When you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience Have His perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That means God uses the trials of life to perfect us. And that includes our sanctification. Somebody say, all of us don't want to be sanctified like that. If we can be honest, many of us don't want to be sanctified like that. We don't want the trials to perfect us. God do it another way. God do it with the mother laying hands on me. God do it through my fasting and prayer. But God says, I'm going to do it. Somebody say through the trials. So, so so it's important to note that it's God's, it's not God's desire for us to escape the trials. This is why I say he says, no, don't take them out of the world. Just keep them from the evil one. But to endure them. So here's the second thing. If I want God to do the work of sanctification in my life, I've got to endure, someone say, his trials. Because you thought they were yours. Someone say they belong to him. Yeah, yeah, I know y'all don't like that and I'ma tell you what I mean. In in other words, we may not like this, but that boss that gives you a hard time is designed to make you holy. You thought he was just getting on your nerves. You thought that was the enemy. But somebody say, that boss who getting on my nerves. Somebody say, that boss that getting on my nerves. He's come to make you holy. See, y'all don't like that. The deceit you had to encounter. It's designed, watch this, so that you might resist the devil. I know that was your best friend. I know that was your mama. I know they lied to you, but watch this. God is using that so that you might resist the devil. And the setback in life is designed to sanctify you. What do you mean, God? I was married to him for 30 years and now he's saying he don't want to be married no more. Somebody say it's, it's designed to sanctify you. We don't like that. Somebody say, I don't really like that. I'm trying to figure out what God doing in my life right now. I don't know what he's doing, but I guess it's to sanctify me. I guess my life ain't all together, y'all. If we allow, watch this, the trials of life to perfect us. Somebody say it's not the enemy. A lot of us miss out on sanctification because we blame it on the enemy and God is trying to use it so that we might endure it to perfect us. Ooh, somebody say consider it pure joy. Lord, help us today, God. And this is why he's prayed this concerning his disciples. I do not pray that you take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. In other words, Jesus wants his disciples, and somebody say that's me and you, to not allow the trials of life to cause them to succumb to temptation. Because how many of y'all know it's easy to sin when you're suffering? Did y'all catch what I just said? It's easy to sin when I'm suffering. It's easy to go off on my boss, and I'll try to figure it out later. It's easy to, not, to punch them in the face now and try to figure that thing out later. Somebody gonna have to come bomb me out. Bomb me out. It's easy to sin when we're suffering and God is saying, I'm not just trying to cause you to suffer, but I'm trying to sanctify you. Because watch this, there's a work that the Lord does in us when we can endure the trials. Watch this, that he orchestrates in our lives. He is the one that orchestrates the trials in our lives. I know we don't like that. I know we're going through. I know we feel like God don't see us, but somebody say he orchestrates it. I'm gonna give you a Bible. Watch what the apostle Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. He says, beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial. Somebody say fiery trial. I don't know about y'all, but it's one thing to be in a trial. It's another thing to be in a fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. How many of us? Say, I'm, I'm, I'm going through it right now. I'm trying to fix my language. I get up every morning and I try to get on my knees because I don't know what God is doing because I think it's some strange thing piping into me. But somebody say it's to try me. In other words, that word try in the text means to perfect. This is what God means when you'll come out as pure gold. Somebody say pure gold. See, this is the reason some of y'all still raggedy because y'all run from trials rather than watch this. Don't allow the enemy to cause you to succumb to temptation. Oh, some say endure them. Oh, don't 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 think it a strange thing concerning that trial. In other words, God is saying I'm using that to perfect you. In other words, the Lord has purpose our trials and he has purpose for the trials in our lives. Hear this. Next time you start, you want to curse God and die. Next time you want to complain to God when a trial comes in your way. And, and I need to say this because I said it in another sermon series. I'm not trying. I'm not talking about the, the trouble you found, but the trouble that found you. Did y'all catch what I just said? I'm not. This, this, somebody say it's two different things because you slept with it. You know, that one, your wife. Somebody say that's the trouble you found. You know that business deal was shaded. Somebody say, that's the trouble you found. You know you're not good with your money and you wonder why you can't pay your bills and you cry to the church. Somebody say, that's the trouble you found. No, I'm talking about the folk that's just living for God, the folk that's worshiping God and trouble finds me. In other words, God says, I'm ordering your steps and I'm also ordering the trials in your life because it's somebody say to perfect me. Yeah, so everybody in sin, somebody say, this ain't for you. Yeah, I'm trying to be real. I'm talking about the trouble that finds you. God uses trials to perfect us and sanctify us. So here's the critical question we got to ask ourselves. What is our response to the trials of life? Maybe the reason I'm not sanctified is because I run at the sign of trials. What is my response? Actually, neighbor, what is your response? We don't like this because we equate the trials of life to the enemy. In other words, do you run or do you rejoice? Someone say, I got to rejoice. I, I, I know that's, I know that's um, contrary to what the world might say. But if I know I'm living for God and a trial come my way, someone say, get happy. I've got to get happy because God is trying to make me holy. Ooh, that's good news. Y'all I don't know about nobody else. God, just give me the grace to endure because I, I want to be holy, but don't, don't run me into the ground. Even more, watch this. The enemy not only does the enemy desire you not to rejoice, but the enemy does not want you to resist him in the midst of trials. Somebody might be saying, what do I mean? The enemy wants you to sin in the midst of trials rather than being sanctified. Somebody say that's what he wants me to do. He wants you to get revenge rather than remaining righteous. If Is there some feedback we might need to turn down the monitors for me? Okay. No, I don't know if it's that woman of God. It, it might be. He wants you to give them a piece of your mind rather than keeping your peace. Somebody say that's what the enemy wants me to do. And he wants you to respond in your flesh rather than remaining faithful. That's, that's, that's what the enemy wants us to do. Because if we do so, we will not be, somebody say sanctified. Yet, despite what the enemy desires for you to do in the face of trials, the Lord's desire is for us. Some say remain faithful. Some say it won't always be like this. Because those that preserve in the midst of trials, watch this, the Lord promises to perfect them. In other words, the Lord sanctifies us through trials. Watch what 1 Peter 5.10 says, But may the God of all grace, who called us to his internal glory, by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered, some might say just a little while. See, trials, it requires perspective. Do y'all hear that? Persevering in the the face of trials requires perspective. I know it might seem long, but some might say it's just a little while. And then the Bible says that he himself will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. And one translation of the Greek word for perfect in this text means to complete. This means God will complete us, watch this, when we allow the trials of life to do a complete work in us. Somebody say, don't run. I-, I want God to do all that he has declared over my life and it requires me to endure trials. And listen, I'm not saying there won't be days where you're, gonna, where you, where you're not going to feel like giving up. There's been times in this season of my life where I felt like giving up. But watch this. It's greater for me to be sanctified to give up on what God is trying to do in my life. Someone say, I want to be sanctified. So here's the second thing I needed us to understand that we've got to endure his trials. Those trials belong to him, not you. And this is why he will perfect you, establish you and settle you in due season. Someone say in due season. Hear this and I'm almost done. Let's look at verse number 17. The Bible says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. It's important to note that it is God's word that has the power to wash us. Somebody say it's in his word. And that's a whole, that's a whole nother thing. A lot of us ain't in his word and his word ain't in us. Somebody say it's in his word. Yet not the word that we simply remember, but his word that takes root in us. Ah, somebody say, let the word take root in me. This is why a lot of folk can come to church and hear the word, but the word never take root in them. This is why Jesus says this parable about the seed and the soil. Somebody said, I need this word to fall on good ground. And I, and I said this, the problem is, is that many believers are not in their word and the word is not in them. That's a sad tragedy, y'all. I'm not going to get up and dress up church and the word not get in me. I'm not going to waste my time, sit and talk to y'all because some of y'all nasty, y'all selves, and not let the word get in me. Okay, y'all know some church folk asking. If I'm going to do all of that, if I got to fight all of that, if I got to fight through what I'm dealing with emotionally, if I got to fight through what I'm dealing with in my job, if I'm going to be under the word, let the word get in me. So, 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 we got to allow the word to get in us. And somebody might be saying, why is this significant? Because it is only the word that is in us. Watch this, that we give authority to work on us. I need y'all to hear what I just said. The word that gets in us, we give authority to work on us. So if I really want, it's not enough to hear the word. Some of say, I've got to heed his word. Yeah, I got to heed his word. Many of us, it, it looks good. We can post, who I had a good day in worship. Ooh, the praise team took us in this morning, but did the word get in you? That's why you still nasty. That's why you still got that attitude. That's why you still don't know how to talk to folk. That's why you still don't know what to do with your money. That's why you still raggedy it in your wisdom because the word has not gotten in you. Nobody, nobody else, I ain't trying to, it'd be a, listen, some Sundays it's a press for even the pastor to get to church. So if I'm going to get here, I need something. Somebody say, say this to get in me. Yeah, and it need to be the word. It need to be the word that gets in us. Consider what Paul declared in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. He says, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you've heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth. The word of God, which also effectively works in you, watch this, to who believe. Somebody say I need that word to get in me. And this phrase effectively works is the Greek word energio. And one definition of this word means to be operative, at work, and even more to accomplish. This means, watch this, these believers in Thessalonica were open to the word. Somebody said, I got to be open to the word. See, some of y'all don't like to be rebuked. Somebody don't, no, don't tell me about myself. Don't give me no scripture about myself. These believers were open to the word. And not only were they open to the word, some I say they obeyed the word. Cause you know how you can sit with folk and counsel them and they act like they receiving the word, but they never obey the word. So I've got to be open to the word for my life. I've got to obey the word for the word. Watch this, to be operative in my life. Ooh, some I say assess what you do with the word. Yeah, yeah, I've got to assess what I do with the Word. Don't let me be up here sweating um, like, a like I don't know, some like a crazy man, and y'all not let the Word get in you. I know I'd be looking crazy up here, y'all. Watch this. In other words, accomplish a work in our lives, and one of those works is to sanctify us. The reason why God wants the Word to get in us is so that the Word might wash over us. Somebody say, wash over me, God. So the critical questions we got to ask ourselves is, do we allow the Lord's word to do a work in our lives? Are we open to his word and do we obey his word so that his word can operate in our lives? Many of us wonder, I go to church every Sunday, Sunday after Sunday, Pastor Keith. I listen to TD Jakes every day and I still ain't, still ain't nothing happening in my life. You don't, you, you, the, the word ain't at work. Somebody say the word ain't in, at work. I know you know how to quote scripture, but you ain't allowing that word to work on you. Because God's ability to do the work of sanctification is determined by our ability to allow his truth to be established in us. So we want his truth to be established in our lives. Somebody say, Lord, establish your word in my life. Let me tell you how. Watch what Psalm 119.9 declares. How can a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed according to your word. Those who are made holy are those who heed his work, his word. So I'm going to say, let the word do a work in you. Not just the word you read, but the word watch that is rooted in your life. And this is why Colossians 3.16 says that, that the word of God should dwell richly in us. Somebody say, let the word dwell in you. And I'ma say this cause I don't know, I don't know if y'all feeling me this morning, but it's all good. Whatever, whatever sin that we struggle with, that may be an area that scripture does not dwell richly in us. In other words, if I deal with lust, I don't want no scriptures about lust. I do all the other stuff. Give me the scriptures on prosperity. Give me the scriptures on the promises of God. But I don't want to deal with the lust because I love women too much. That scripture is not d- rooted deeply in dwelling richly in you. If you ain't if you ain't good with your money, I don't want nothing about being a good steward. God, just give me the money so I can spend it how I see fit. And the reason we're still in debt is because what that word is not rooted richly in us. OK, y'all don't like that. So here's a word of wisdom. You can't even live void of his word, let alone live holy. Did y'all hear what I just said? I can't even live. The Bible says that he's come that I might have life and have it more abundantly. But I can't live, let alone live holy, void of his word. How do I know? The Bible says this in Matthew 4 and 4. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So that means we are deep in sin and dead in our spirit when we are void of God's word. Not the word heard, but somebody say the word that I heed. You will always be deep in sin and you will always be dead in your spirit until the word gets in you. Somebody say his word is life. Yeah, his word is life. I know you're always depressed. I know you're He's going through. Someone say, get some word in you. That This is why David had to encourage himself in the Lord. Ooh, something when the word get in me. Somebody say something when the word get in me. This is why nobody else can worship him for me. I got to get someone say the word in me. So watch this. And this is why God's ability to do work of sanctification in our lives requires that his truth be established in us. Because holiness from the word requires that we heed the word. I'm done, y'all. I don't know if y'all feeling me on this. I don't know if y'all feeling me. But but, but I've got to understand this. There, there, he's done a work on the cross. I've got to embrace his testimony. I've got to believe. Somebody say, I just got to believe. I can't complain at God when trials come in my life. Somebody say those trials belong to him. So I've got to endure those. And I know this may seem simple, but you got to get the word in you. It doesn't matter how long Pastor Keith preached. It don't matter how long I counsel with folk. What I realize when I counsel folk and they don't want to do right, I just got to realize the word ain't in them. This is why I don't counsel folk void of the word because I'm trying to get the word in you. But some say I've got to allow it. Some folk really don't want God like they say they want them because they don't want the word of God to get in them. And it's important for us to know that sanctification is not a work of our discipline, but it requires a divine work. Somebody say it's divine. In other words, sanctification is a work that must give us that we must give God access to do in our lives and allow him to do in our lives. I need God to sanctify me because sanctification is a work of God. And I said this before, many believers give up and get frustrated is because we try to sanctify ourselves by our own human Effort. Somebody say in my flesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jesus prayed for his disciples in our foundational text, and it has to be our prayer, our prayer as well. We have to embrace his testimony. We have to endure his trials. And watch this. We have to be established with his true. Because if we do so, we give God access to sanctify us. Somebody say, Give God room in your life. I've got to give him room in my life. But hear this: I want you to see something in the last portion of our text. Watch what verse 19 says says for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. In other words, here's what I understand about sanctification. God's efforts transcend ours. In other words, the Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. Here's here's what I'm trying to say. No matter how much you try to work on it yourself, your righteousness and your efforts is as filthy rags. And watch this. I ain't do the study on my own, but I heard somebody did the study concerning what filthy rags was. But they're like when when a woman is on her menstrual cycle. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? He says our very efforts is like a woman who's on her menstrual cycle. Somebody say filthy rags. In other words, the good news is we've got a God that is holy already that can make us holy. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? I've got to allow the one who is holy, somebody say to make me holy. It's a work that's reserved for him. Let us stand to our feet. I don't know who in this sanctuary this morning has been trying to sanctify themselves by their own efforts. But I ask the Lord to forgive you now. Your own hearts. The areas you tried to do it on your own, you've been getting frustrated. You've been going through cycles of sin, cycles trying to work this out and work this out. You've been trying to do all these things on your own and you're failing. Somebody said, because I'm doing it in my flesh. Until this morning, you want to give God access and allow him to do the work of sanctification in your life. Whatever that is, get it on your hearts. Let me pray. Father, we thank you. We honor God for your presence in this place. Minister Dominique said, God, thank you, God, for sitting on us. Maybe that's why we're so quiet, God, because you're sitting on us this morning. So, God, help us, God, to allow you to do the work of sanctification in our lives. We've tried it on our own, God, and we failed time and time again. But, God, that's a work that is reserved for you. It is a work of God. And for that, God, we say thank you because we realize, God, we cannot do it on our own. We're getting frustrated, God, but we need this to be a spiritual work that you do when you do alone. So, God, let us first believe. There's a believer in here, God, somebody who says, I'm not saved. I don't know you like that, God. Let them believe. And then once we believe, God, you got believers that believe they're still condemned, but believe they're not eligible for the work you did on the cross. Matter of fact, God, they believe, God, that what they've done makes them exempt from the work and sacrifice you did on the cross. But the devil is a lie, God. We embrace your testimony. You did it, God, so that we might be made clean. Your son who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God. And we believe that, God, we pray. Help us, God, your people to endure the trials of life. What is our response to the trials of life, God? Let us not run, God, but let us remain faithful so that you can make us righteous in it, God. God, as I've declared the hard stuff, that we endure in life is to make us holy. So help us to endure it, God, we pray. And God, we thank you now, God, that we can embrace your testimony. We thank you now, God, that, that we can um, um, know that you are the one that, is, that does the work of sanctification in our lives, God. But now, God, establish us by your truth. Let us not just hear your word, but let us heed your word, God, we pray. Let the word get in us. Somebody say, let the word get in me and do a work in my life. God, let us be open to your word. Let us obey your word so that your word might operate in our lives. And thank you, God, that you are holy. We can be holy, God, because you are holy. Your efforts transcend ours, God. We thank you now. We honor you now. And every believer that believes say thank God and amen. Amen.